Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. I feel like I need to get to work tonight if you don't mind. I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3 and I want to read three verses, 1, 2, and 3. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions. Let me read the last part. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. I want to preach for a few moments tonight. You are cut out for this. Turn around and just high five about three people and tell them you are cut out for this. You are, you are cut out for this. Father, I love you tonight. I praise you. I bless you. I give you honor. I give you glory. And I give you all the praise because you deserve it all. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for what you're about to do in this house. Thank you for what you're doing at our house, this house. And thank you, God, for the divine connections and this atmosphere, God, that you're making right now, Father. We just pray that you bless your people and give them strength, God, in the name of Jesus. And let everybody shout amen, amen. and amen. John, I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm thankful that uh, you're willing to come up and love on me when some time ago this wouldn't happen. <laughs> That's a true story. John, while I was standing over there tonight, I seen you over there in the corner, and the Lord began to speak to me that there is, there is a place in your heart, a lonely spot, and God's going to fill that void tonight. God's going to fill it. He's going to give you peace over this. You're going to put this thing in God's hands. You're going to let go of it. And God's going to go, And he's going to fill this void tonight, tonight, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody thankful for the goodness of God tonight? Anybody thankful for, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. No more. No more. No more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to preach for a few moments tonight. If you, if you all want to leave that verse up there, verse number three, I just want to dissect that for just a moment and just, and just really key in on what it says there because it talks about um, Paul writing a letter and it talks about sending and it talks about even his own affliction personally that he was struggling actually because he was so concerned that I need to send somebody concerning their faith because there are multitudes of afflictions plural. I want to make sure that they're going to be okay. I want to make sure that it's not going to overwhelm them. I want to make certain that fear and anxiety doesn't overcome them. I want to make certain that they're okay. And by the end of that, verse three says, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. You are cut out for this. Let me give you some Old Testament history. Here's King David, and he escapes to the cave Adullam. And the Bible says it is, this is one of the royal cities of the Canaanites. It stood on the old Roman road in the valley of Elah, which was the scene of David's memorable victory over Goliath, and not far from Gath. In fact, it's just a few miles away. Can you imagine all that David has seen God do in his lifetime? And he finds himself in a cave with discontented, in debt, 
disheartened men that have nowhere to go. It's one thing to be in a cave, but it's another thing to be in a cave with a king. Because it's when you get around the right influences in your life, it doesn't matter that the atmosphere will try to dominate you, but the domination comes from the mover of the atmosphere. It was the king that was in their presence. The Bible says that he sends for his, for his men to come to him and they migrate to him and hear his dad and his mom show up. Let me tell you, it's one thing for you to be in a fickle. It's one thing for you to be in a fight. But when your parents get drugged into it or your family gets drugged into it, and here's what David said. David said, men, I want you to stay right here and watch my parents. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. He said, till I know what God is going to do. What he really said was, I know that God is up to something. And what I love about the wording, Pastor Aaron, is he didn't say, till I know what the enemy's up to. Till I know how the enemy's going to attack. He said, till I know what God is going to do. Come on, push your neighbor a little bit and say, till I know. We have to get to the place in our life that it's not about the enemy's attacks. And it's not about the infantry of the enemy's army. But we understand that we've got a God that is on our side. There are people that are walking through trials tonight, tribulation tonight, affliction tonight, that feel like that there's no way out of it. But you sit here with a calm, sweet assurance, knowing that as you sing the praise and the worship and the songs that are selected, you have this peace down on the inside of you till I know what God is going to do. Some of you are gritting your teeth as you stand in place and you say, devil, by the end of this night, I'm going to know what God is up to. I know what your tricks are. I know what your schemes are. I know what your plans are. But till I know what God is going to do. Oh, let's give him some good praise. Tell your neighbor, till I know, till I know. Till is not just a word all by itself. It simply has two meanings. And that word till means until, until. I have to wait. I have to see. But the other word that means till is T-I-L-L. -L. And T-I-L-L -L means that you plant seed and you till and you break up the ground. And when you plant seed after tilling the ground, you do it with intention and you do it with purpose. My grandpa was way up in years and he used to bring me over just so that I could till his property. And he would make me, he would make me with this roto tiller. He would put it in the ground and I'd have to do it as straight as I possibly could. And then after that, we would dig a thoroughfare to drop the seeds in. And my grandpa always pulled out a pack of seeds that we were getting ready to plant. And he would show them to me at 12 and 13 years old. I'm not a farmer. I have no clue how to do it. But he would pull out a packet and he would show it to me. And he would say, this is what it looks like when it gets done. I didn't know what done meant. I didn't know how long it was going to take for these seeds to pop up and turn into watermelons and tomato plants. But I knew we had to till. I knew we had to break some stuff up. And then we had to take the seed and put it in the ground. In other words, there's some things in your life you've got to break up. There's some stuff that the enemy says you're never going to gain territory here. You're never going to have a return. You're never going to have a crop. There's some of you tonight that the enemy backed you in the corner. But you need to break some stuff up tonight. 
You need to break up some old mindsets. You need to break up some old traditions. You need to break up some stuff and say, God, I know that you're on my side. I feel my help in here already this evening because you need to look at where God is getting ready to take you and not what it looks like. They're here. My grandpa would show me a pack of seeds and he would say, this is what it's going to be. But I'm going to tell you one thing that you've got to possess if you're ever going to get what God has designed for you. And that is the patience to wait on the harvest. Patience will keep you from marrying the wrong person. Patience will keep you from dating the wrong person. Patience will keep you from running too quick to grab something. Maybe I'm just going to slow down and preach just a little bit tonight. Patience will keep you in right relationships. Patience will keep you in the right church. Patience will keep you up under the right pastor. Patience will help you make decisions that won't, that, that won't aid knee-jerk reactions to stuff. Patience will help you close your mouth when you need to. Patience will help you wait on God. Patience will help you when everybody else is stressing out. You just sit back and say, I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. That's what patience will do. Patience, that's what it is. I know it's tough to pray for it. I know it's difficult to want to desire it, but there's something powerful about you waiting on God. There's something powerful about you saying, I'm just going to wait because if you wait, the husbandman that plants the precious seed in the earth waits on the return and after a while, after you've tilled, after you said, I'm trusting God, all of a sudden something starts to pop up out of the ground. Weeds come up, but you've got to get rid of them. Stuff comes up that you've got to isolate but then you feed what you've planted all of a sudden you know that God because some of you tonight are seeing the aftermath of God's movement in the future you may not see it right now but there's a little cloud it looks like a man's hand something is starting to happen in the atmosphere something is starting to happen in your life till Till is when you cultivate it. Till is when you keep it going. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And we understand that everything has its time and everything has its purpose, but we have to wait on God and have patience as we wait for the return that God has for his people. Isaac and Rebecca are great examples Isaac and Rebecca, and Rebecca leaves and she migrates and does exactly what God would have her to do. And all of a sudden, she finds herself in a bit of a mess. She's waited on God, she's trusted God. Oh, can I preach a little bit here? And Isaac entreated the Lord for her because she had nothing to show for their marriage. Hey, man, I'm just let, let me get through the teaching portion of this, okay? And then I'm gonna preach to you in just a moment. But here's Rebecca, and, and she's frustrated. And she gets to the point where Isaac starts to notice it. And he says to her, what is going on? And she starts, he starts entreating. In other words, he starts praying. And she's left her place of abode, and she goes with him, and she's been obedient. Is there anybody in this house, if you don't mind me asking, if you feel like you've done everything that God wants you to do, but yet you still sit here wondering, I feel like I'm where God wants me to, but I'm just struggling a little bit. I've got some afflictions going on in my life. Well, let me introduce you to Rebecca. 
Rebecca has gone and done everything God told her to do. And she looks at her husband and she says, I've done it all, but yet I'm struggling. And all of a sudden, God answers Isaac's prayer. And Rebecca is pregnant. And she says, and now God has given me everything I've desired, but yet there's a struggle going on on the inside of me. I need you to understand tonight, oftentimes the, the determination of the struggle determines the outcome of the blessing. There's some of you tonight that got a double struggle going on because you don't understand there's multiple things you're carrying and about to give birth to. There's some people that can't handle struggling like you and God didn't pick them to carry the thing that you're carrying. There's some people that can't go where you're going and so they're not going to struggle like you. I feel my help in this church right now. There's some of you that God has hand selected. If you're going through a struggle, you look at the size of the struggle and measure it to the size of the blessing that is on the way. Saints of God, you can't give up now. You can't quit now. You've come too far. You bypassed, passed up, and now you are exactly where God wants you to be. And the size of the blessing is determined by the struggle in your life. Afflictions, afflictions, here they are struggling when they've done everything they were supposed to do. And you know the story of the birth process of these twins, Jacob and Esau. You know the blessing of Jacob who wrestled. Woo, come on, did somebody already preach this this morning? <laughs> they were just talking about it. You see how God moves that we've got this major struggle going on. And I just feel in my spirit there are people. Come on, we can, look, I've pastored 30 years. I've been in lots of atmospheres. I've watched them worship. I've watched them, look, we church people, especially Pentecostal people. I, I know some people that have learned how to shout when it's not really a shout. And I've learned that there are people that will fake it till they make it. And I don't know that it ever worked faking it till you make it. So let me tell you, saints of God, it is okay for you to be in a struggle. It is okay for you to wonder why you're going through so much. It is okay to question, why is it? Why is it that this has happened and that has happened? It's because there's some things you are birthing. And let me tell you, mountains do not birth blessings. Valleys do afflictions are what multiply the increase in your life it's those valleys you've been through it's the mess you've been through let me tell you something saints of God there are some people there's some people that will go into a place and troubleshoot it that a lot of people couldn't fix it but because of experience they can walk in over an educated person which I have nothing against I think it's great I need it more and more every day but let me tell you something because somebody's been there they can walk into a room and know where the struggle is and troubleshoot it quickly because they've seen a lion and they've seen a bear and they come down the valley of Elon and see a lion. Why are you standing there? And they say, who is this? 
this uncircumcised giant that is going to defy the armies of God. And for 40 days, he marched back and forth and said, who you going to send? And David brought parched corn and some, and some bread oh, and some cheese. And he stood there with a staff in his hand, a rod of authority. And he picked up five smooth stones and he lodged one at the giant and said, you come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come by to tell somebody tonight, something is about to shift in your life. Woo, come on, let's bless him. Come on, let's bless him. I want you to stand up and walk around and high five about five hands and shout, come on and bless him. Woo. Thank you, baby. Okay, I got a little more work to do. I feel we got to cultivate some more. Hallelujah. First of all, you need to understand that your blessing is stronger than the affliction. That your blessing is stronger than the turmoil. That your blessing is greater than anything that you'll ever have to go through or endure. You need to understand that the anointing of God, the presence of God, the angels of God, the word of God, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Ghost. We have a network of system that's never been defeated. It's never been compromised. It's never been hacked. Hell has never got into the mainframe and threw out spam mail. He never threw out the wrong word from God. Can I preach in here? Y'all need to understand something tonight. I don't know who's struggling in here, but you need to come up on out of it. You should have laid that thing down by Thanksgiving time. You should have got up on Friday and said enough's enough. Should have came in this morning and said enough's enough, but you carried it in here tonight. And I want you to tell you that God is greater and that God is bigger and that he's undefeated and that he's never lost a battle. There's never been an enemy he even looked at a second time because he's never lost a battle restoring hope church while you're on your feet go on and clap your hands and give God a praise for the faith that I know that I know that he's able Woo. So, so, so Pastor Amanda doesn't get offended Little Amanda, you have to wonder why David had to fight a lion and a bear. Why did David have to fight a lion and a bear? Because God saw him at the forefront of a battle. God saw him migrating into a place, just checking on his brothers with parched corn and cheese and bread. And he ends up there and the thought hits his mind, hey, See, I killed a lion and a bear. A lion and a bear. And so, what's the big deal about this guy? How long has he been out here? 40 days? He's been back and forth taunting us. And then Saul walks over and says, who's the stripling? Who's the lad? See, the enemy wants you to always think you're not capable. <laughs> I'm not asking him if I'm capable. I'm not asking him if I can do it. I'm not thinking that it's my power. I'm not thinking that it's my ability because I carried three 
pieces of product into this battle. That, that's not me. I, my total dependence right now is on a little old rock in a stream. My God, can I preach right there? Some of you are going through some stuff and I feel it in my soul right here. Some of you are going through some things and all you need to go and do is take one more trip to the creek. Take one more trip to the water trough. Take one more trip and get you a piece of that rock. Get you a piece of that rock that is higher than I. I'm telling you, there's some of you that have gone through what you've gone through that put you right here. Wherever I am in Tennessee, it put you right here. You wonder, how did I get here? You come through afflictions. You came through trials. Sometimes, Pastor Aaron, I got to wonder why I had to go through all that I had to go through. I look back over my life and I see times at 8 and 9 and 10 years old that when the enemy came in and struck my home with divorce and my dad and mom separated and I had to become at 9, 8 years old, I had to be the head of the house and I wondered why did this happen to me? Why did I have such a dysfunctional childhood, if you will? Why did my parents have to divorce? And I got to thinking about that one day when I was praying and I thought about my mama and I thought about my aunt that moved in with us to help us and I thought about my little brother and I thought about my sister that's just um, a couple years older than me. God why did this happen? Why did that old drunk man come to the door at two o'clock in the morning and he wanted to get a hold of my mom and he stood in the door with his face in the window and he said you better unlock this door and I'm at nine years old and I know there's a door between me and him and I know that it's been locked. Come on somebody and I looked at him and I said you need to go home at nine years old and God spoke to me and said I needed you to go through that so when the enemy come knocking at your house and knocking on your door you stand straight up and say you need to go on out of here there's some of you that have been through some hell and some high water but don't you lose anything God ever brought you through am I preaching to anybody now I'm going to preach a few more minutes. Is that okay? Just a few more. I remember one night my mama. Oh, let me preach what I feel. I remember one night my mama. For those of you that think preachers are all cut from some real high-class Christian family. And I'm thankful for that. But that wasn't me. And here I am. And my mama has come to pick me up. And she says to me, She's got a gremlin. Anybody remember what a gremlin was? These young people think it's some sort of dog, amen. Some sort of alien creature. But a gremlin was a car. And it did look like it was from outer space. And it was bubble shaped. And my mom had a stick shift. I mean, that's called manual. And I'm, I'm 12 years old and I'm watching her. Thank you, Lord. I'm watching her. Oh, I can preach a lot better without that. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, here I am. And, and I'm watching mom drive this little gremlin. She comes to pick me up one night. And she's, uh, she's you know, she's a little tipsy. Bless her. J just a side note. I got mama saved. And she went home to be with the Lord about 12 years ago. I got her saved. I got her saved. She's home. Just so you know, my daddy's saved as well. And he's watching this service tonight. Come on, come on. I want you to know my sister got saved. Come on. Oh, come on, somebody. My brother's on his way. 
Can you just lean over in this real intimate moment right now and just smile at somebody and say, but I made it. But I made it. Tell your neighbor, but I made it. All over the church, I want us to stand tonight. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you. I promise you, I assure you, I wanted to preach something different. But the Lord said, this is it. This is the place. We're cut out for this. Some of you are even going through things right now that you're going to thank God for later. You're going to turn around and thank God for it later. You're going to say those were difficult times. But look how God took care of us all the way through it. Those were tough times. But look how God moved on our behalf. I want everybody in the house. I can look back over your life and say, now things make sense. I want you to begin to walk up here and just stand in this altar area. One by one, just come on. And just say, now I know. Now I know that I'm cut out for this. Somebody in here tonight is insecure. Somebody in here tonight says I'm not good enough. But you're cut out for this. You're cut out for this. Tell about four people standing around you. You're cut out for this. You're cut out for this. Is the singer the one that was on this end? Is she in here? There you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Summer, I lay my hands on you tonight. I don't know what's going on, but God does. And I speak to that voice that's constantly pulling at you, that says you're not good enough and you're not worthy enough. I speak to that right now. I speak right now. The Holy Ghost of God dwells on the inside of you. And oh, does he ever have great things. God, loose her voice. God, loose her boldness. Give her strength, God, to move and operate by your presence and power. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I reach into that heart right now and pull out every regret and every clip that the enemy keeps playing back as reminders devil in Jesus name no more no more no more no more no more no more Summer, it's time to lift your head. Time to lift your hands. Time to lift your hands. Time to lift your hands. Somebody begin to praise God. Come on. Somebody begin to praise God. Come on. 
Somebody begin to praise God. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, somebody begin to praise God. You're, you're cut out for this. 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 I pray, God, that you lose great peace. Great peace. Great peace. And God, what she does with her hands to bless your people, use it for your glory. Touch them. Everyone she ministers to, move on them, strengthen them, encourage them. Do it, God. Do it, God. Do it, God. Do it, God. God, I thank you. Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. I come against this dry season. I come against this drought that feels like oppression. And I drive that little I drive that thing out in the name of Jesus right now. She will declare victory. She will win because the battle is not hers, but it's God's. Oh, let's give God praise. Oh, let's give God praise. Oh, let's give God praise. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.